0: Hey, guys, it's your girl, Nick, again, and welcome to another edition of The Bow Nose Business. I am your host today. I'm also the founding member of The Bow Collective. We are a group of 52 amazing Black women owners who have all scaled our businesses to a minimum of $1 million. The stories that we share are both personal and inspirational, and today, is no exception. Today, we are having one of my oldest, dearest friends. Um, she is just a sweetheart. And we go back way, way back, Miss Ann Williams of RA Movers.
1: Hey. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you, Nick. It's just so wonderful to be part of this bow journey with you. It's oh. been such a needed, um, opportunity for we as Black women.
0: Well, I am just so, you know, I love you so much. We have all been together on this entrepreneurship journey, but today I want to talk about you and you only. You know, we are having such a great time with this podcast because we are really getting insight on some of the themes that help um, that helps shape your life, right? You didn't just wake up one day and become fabulous. Although maybe you were like, you might've been just fabulous in utero. I'm thinking, but we want to share your story. We want to know about your upbringing. Where were you born? How was your family and what early influences, uh, in your, in, in little Ann's life? What did they look like?
1: Well, I was actually born in Washington, Georgia. Um, my father was an undertaker, <laughs> Okay, oh, yes, those were <laughs> one of the main staples of entrepreneurship <laughs> in the black community, girl. Yeah, so and uh, my stepfather was a barber, and so I had the advantage of having two amazing men in my childhood, and my mother was a, a registered nurse, so um, I was born in Washington, in Georgia. And relocated to West Philadelphia, born and raised. <laughs> uh, you know, right around the corner from Will Smith. Oh wow! Oh in the wow! Section. Um, I'm a product of Catholic schools, raised by nuns. Um, so I'm a private school baby. Um, I was pretty much. Um, I always kind of thought off the beaten track, mm-hmm. and I always sort of identify with people that were underserved. I got that from nuns early on. And um, I always wanted to be a little something different. Um, I went to uh, Millersville University in, in Pennsylvania. Um, and I was I didn't graduate there. It was a predominantly um, uh, uh, not black. It wasn't an HBCU. And for me, One of the advisors there said, you know, you can really benefit from having the camaraderie of an HBC, you know, know, uh, and um, I didn't exactly get it. So I transferred to the University of Maryland Eastern Shore and I got it there (laughs) 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 and I graduated.
0: Uh. And
1: um, so my major was English and I initially wanted to sort of go into law but i started reading contracts <laughs> and, and then you were like Bing. <laughs> so you know and um and i'm a grandmom's baby so mm-hmm. i'm the product of two really strong grandmothers who didn't have any more than a sixth grade education yes. and um that's um where i got all the loving kindness and and the prayers yes um, But my business essentially started right off the kitchen table. I had a a spouse that um, uh, was working uh, for these, uh, for designers delivering furniture, and I was newly married, and we seemed to never have enough money. Tell
0: tell us what year that was, because so we got that first chapter. Oh, my gosh. Now (laughs) we're, look, we got to keep it real, girl. So, so. We got your, we're your entrepreneurial spirit. You got that just authentically from your your parents, those early influences. You talk about, hey, we're kindred spirits. I was a Catholic school uh, child myself. Oh my gracious kindergarten through 12th. And girl, I barely know that our father, like I, that's a lot of school, but I'm just playing. I'm playing Jesus. I'm playing Lord. Sorry. Uh, Anyway, but so we got that. So we know the structure, we know that discipline, we know where the need for caring for others came from. So now we're going into chapter two and we're looking at you know and as a as a as a young wife and you said that your husband had um had a job in in um in furniture in furniture moving etc right exactly so, right, so what, uh, year was, what what year are we talking about on or about around give us a on or around the late 80s early 90s <laughs> there we go all right i love it I love it. And so, so how, how did you come into play? That was his gig. How, how did you come into this?
1: So I can see that he had the real muscle and, you know, he said, um, you know, if I had a truck, I could really do something. And I said, yeah. And since I'm doing paperwork, I could do something too. Mm -hmm. Let's, um, run an ad in a local paper and see what happens. And we ran an ad in a directory, and I was shocked. I would just ring the phone, thinking it was a sales call. It was like, uh-huh. "I need a mover." I'm like what? So, <laughs> so, the, so the early version of Craigslist, the old school
0: advertising, worked for you. No pages. I love it. Uh, Dude, can you you know what we might have some millennials listen can you
1: tell them what the yellow pages is girl (laughs) the yellow pages where you take your whole week's salary and buy an ad (laughs) and just you know and and I actually forgot I did it and I started getting phone calls can you help me move here can you help me move there and I would be in my little two-bedroom apartment with my new baby and I'm like Oh, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> and let me take your information. We're just starting out. You know, I didn't you know, I would just say, you know, we'll help you. And that mm-hmm. shot right off the kitchen table. Oh, I love it. I love it. And and I, I think
0: this is so important because I'm trying to do the, the both and 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 listen for our listeners and let them know these nuggets, because a lot of people don't know where to start and never think they're ready and they don't you know they don't have their brand they don't have the truck they don't have this but what i have heard not only from you but several of our other business owners is you know some yeah they they had a plan but a lot of them were like they
1: had the passion and they're like let's just let's just start was that was your experience that was my experience it was just let's just start um um it was just let's just get a little supplemental income and and get this to pay our little 500 a month rent <laughs> yes. oh. and, um, and then you know he said you know if i had a truck i could really stop renting trucks to do this and all the money I had in the world was an income tax check for $2000 and he said let me have it and I'm looking at him like you you're kidding you're not taking all my money I gave it to him and with prayer, he actually put a down payment on the truck and the rest is pure history. Oh my gracious girl. I I don't think you ever
0: told, see, that's why I love Bono's business. I learned something when I think I know, I don't even know. That is amazing. All right. So then the next phase, this is where it really, really gets good because we know the statistics most entrepreneurs, 90% of us are solopreneurs. Then we know the statistic about only 4% of all women-owned businesses hit that million-dollar mark. So there has to be some secret sauce there. We really want to know that scaling of the business what did that look like practically for you? Did you have more you know, usually people are like, "Oh, I don't have enough money to afford people. I don't have enough money to get another truck." What what
1: got what was your first scale scaling decision? Um, I think the first scaling decision was to take that job that seemed a little bit out of our reach and to realize that that was a problem because we really didn't have the resources to do it, but it was a good problem because when we got the job to scale, there were people that automatically jumped in to say, Hey, I'll help. I'll subcontract with you. I'll do this because if you're paying them, they're going to help you. And um, when you develop long-term relationships with people that you do a good job for um, that's what happens. And in our case, Uh, We did a private move job for a a woman that we didn't know she was the curator for a museum. And she said, you know, you have done such a good job and you're uh, undervaluing yourself. I, I have a museum that I'm the curator for. If you take this level of care and concern, you move the museum. And that put us on the map. Oh my gracious girl. So again,
0: kind of um that faith walk that you know stretching out a little bit beyond what you can see but believing that you can do it and you're saying that other people once you did that they're like I will chip in, I will chip in. I know a lot of a lot of people that I coach are always like I don't want to tell people about it. They might steal my idea. They might steal this And I always say it's the very opposite, is that you have to speak it as though it does exist. And people come into agreement with your vision. They come into agreement with your belief in yourself and your enthusiasm. And that seems to be what happened with you as well.
1: That's exactly what happened. They they lined right up. And it was other smaller companies that said, hey, you know, we don't have the insurance or the wherewithal, but you do. And uh, we'll we'll just get behind you. And I, I, you know, I made them sign an agreement. They put our uh, motto into place, and they started uh, working. And nobody can steal what's really yours.
0: I know that's right. Like, oh, they, that's a yeah. quotable quote, and it and it is true because number one, there may be you know a thousand tennis shoes. They may there may be a thousand jewelers. But each one has a unique way that they are messaging, that they are treating their customers, that they, the look and feel, and that can't be replicated. If you do it authentically, right, that can't be replicated. So I, I absolutely love that. I wanna, I wanna pivot just a bit. Um, you know, the Bow Collective. We talk about the three C's: capital, communications, and contracts. I want to talk about capital for a minute because our listeners out there, again, they are visionaries. They, you know, they, they believe, but they also know, you know, that it takes money to really scale businesses. What have been some of the um, challenges or even, you know, great experiences that you have had um, as a business owner with with capital?
1: so um you know like most entrepreneurs I, I always i would take the same way people tie to churches i always would take a percentage of the last job and i would use it to finance another job um and that is um you know just how we just had to do it so when everybody had the big house and the flashy cars i was still in my little townhouse <laughs> and um and i was using um the the money to finance stuff and finally we got a little bit um bigger and as you know as entrepreneurs we use our personal credit to finance a lot so yes, we, we went through a lot of bumps and and bruises and actually only now we're starting to reap the benefits of getting uh a, a, some capital um uh, behind us, and also raise our children and, and, and live our life as well. So it, it's, it's, it's a journey for uh, an entrepreneur.
0: Do you feel, you know, one of the things, obviously, the Bo Collective, we are a group of Black women who have done these extraordinary things. We beat odds. Do you feel that there have been any obstacles that you have faced as a black woman, um, entrepreneur, um, if so, how have you clearly overcome them to a certain level? What are some of those issues and, and what are your strategies and things that you can share with other entrepreneurs who, who may feel, um, that there are liabilities that are in their way that they need to address?
1: Well, one of the things that I have learned uh, being an entrepreneur is um, and I get a little choked up thinking about it is I have received more contracts looking for contracts for other people, meaning I've met other business women that have said, you know, I do cleaning, I do printing. And, you know, and I'll say, okay, you know, the next time when I start looking for contracts, I'll look for you too. And then I've stumbled across something for moving. I'm like, what? (laughs) So give back. Um, and then you develop these amazing relationships where people are letting you know, Hey, I got capital here, or I was able to access capital, or I have a great relationship with a banker that's here. Um, And that's some of the strategies um, that I've done. And I've also been extremely loyal to people that have given me an insurance uh, certificate I needed on the spot for a business. You know, I'll stay with them or an accountant that has uh, done something. So loyalty, giving back um, and really um, trying to hold on to capital. uh, when you get a chance to have a little bit of um, uh, expertise,
0: I love it. Those are those are things that that are just good life values. Whether you have a business or not, being loyal to people that are good to you, saving for the rainy day, having your rainy day fund, and being of service to other people. I mean, those are just hallmark. Um, you know, hallmark good. People things, and that is one of the reasons that I, I love you, adore you so much. You embody those things, you have done all of, of those things for me. Always, uh, been one of my biggest sisters, cheerleaders, you know, ride or die with Miss Ann. Always, always. So, I want to end. We have a few more minutes, I want to talk specifically about the bow collective and you know what does it mean to you why did you why did you say yes what are you hoping to get out of it and what do you do with the organization i know that's a lot but just it's bow time girl it's bow yeah, time
1: girl. i can wrap <laughs> it up <laughs> number one is this needed to happen so long ago and for me if if i never got anything else out of it i'm good right here but i know that i will get a lot out of it um the bow collective has meant to me that i have a safe place to be vulnerable to tell these women hey this is what i'm experiencing um they already know we're all warriors yes. and and the fact that you know i was in a safe space I've, I've had the privilege of developing a relationship with you and everybody doesn't have that and anybody that doesn't I don't want to pour too much butter on her, but that's a ride or die right there. Um, and the Bow Collective, uh, they, we're sharing information, we're giving back. These are women that have already been in the trenches. They know where all the bodies are buried. Yes. They know what's happening. Uh, they, they, they can tell you, they can jump you through some of the hoops. Um, they're one-on-one personal people. We're all extremely busy. Um, but this bow collective has needed to happen uh, for a, a long, long time. And uh, I don't know if you can see it, but I actually keep my bow, uh, my first bow thing up on the wall. Oh, <laughs> I love it. But, um, love it. This is an historical thing that will last for generations uh, to keep it going. And other women are going to look for us. And I know a lot of people are trying to copy what we do. That's okay. We want them to do that. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. We are, we're kicking the door down. And these are just amazing women. Uh, the Bow Collective is should have happened a while ago, but we're here now. And um, I, I just can't say enough about it. Uh, I'm a fan.
0: <laughs> oh, honey. Well, you know, I get I get chills and um, just knowing that we will forever be tied um, in this amazing sisterhood and and it's and its foundation is really love. It's the values that you just mentioned that we trust, we are of service to each other. We are looking out for each other in addition to ourselves. That's the glue. And um, and I know that it will grow. And I absolutely hope that it's replicated because it's something good. All good things need to be replicated, right? All good things where we are being collaborative in our efforts, not competitive. When we are being of service, we're putting each other first. We're putting this organization, um, at least standing it up against our other responsibilities because we all care so much uh, for each other and what it means to have Black Women come together for economic uh, reasons um, because it will be replicated within our communities, and and we will say we were there. We were we were fire starters, and I'm I'm so happy you're there with me to light this beautiful flame. Thank you, Miss Ann. Thank you so much. Yeah. Can I, I just leave you with one thing? How can people stay in touch with you? I know they're going to be beating down your doors. Girl, give us your contact information.
1: Sure. Uh, call us 410-888-9311 or ramovers at, uh, ramovers.com. How about that? R-A-M-O-V-E-R-S.com and uh, you get in touch with us.
0: Perfect. Thank you, sister. Thank you so much for joining us today. And that concludes y'all. I'm telling you, I'm just, these women are fire. They just light me up for the inside. They are my motivator. They are my inspiration to keep going, keep growing. Um, I hope you got some amazing nuggets today. Please share, like, Put your comments down there for Anne or any of our other sisters that you want to get good information on. Follow us on thebowcollective.org. Follow us on social media, thebowcollective.org. We can't wait to help you, to learn from you, and to share our secrets. Thanks so much for joining us again. Take care.